0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid morning wake up
1: the morning line
2: line up ladies
1: all right here we go it is friday september the 27th 2019 and yes the football life has begun last night of course we had nfl football week four kicking off We also had week five of college football. That's right. The fifth week of the college football season also underway. How did it all go last night? We'll cover that for you coming up. Get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports, including Major League Baseball games. Yep, an end of an era, so to speak, in one city. A couple of teams still battling, trying to figure out if they're going to be playing next week. Postseason baseball. We also had milestones. Uh, in Major League Baseball that were trying to be hit. And, uh, oh, yeah, they might have done a few things to uh, to make mad the old classic, uh, you know, get off my lawn kind of this is how we always do it in baseball. Purists, those guys were not happy with the Texas Rangers yesterday. We'll explain coming up. But don't, don't worry, if you are itching and you're like, man, I got to get some more football, I got to get it going. Don't worry, we got you covered. You got four more games tonight in college football. Four really good games, too, by the way, in college football tonight, including a really great late-night Pac-12 East Coast. Guys, if you are on the East Coast and you're like, you know what? Uh, you went to a little happy hour tonight. I get home maybe a little later, about ten, eleven o'clock, and you know what? Kick back. You got football. You got a great football game, too, with the Cal Bears, the unexpected Cal Bears. Taking on Herm Edwards and Arizona State for a great matchup tonight. We'll talk about the latest lines and some of those, uh, some of the intricacies that you can actually profit from here tonight in those games. But first, the Eagles, the Packers. And when it was all said and done, pretty damn good Thursday night football game, finally. And if we can get more of that. I think we'd all stop bitching and moaning and be like, you know what, we're good to go. Now, if you went to bed because you didn't want to be bothered watching Aaron, uh, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers uh, run up and down the field there and throw balls, fumble balls, interceptions, those kinds of things. Uh, well, here it is in a uh, in a little capsule for you, all the highlights from last night. As this is a spinning touchdown for Aaron Jones. Good protection and a touchdown throw to Alshon Jeffrey. They fake it to Howard, throw it, touchdown, Goddard. Howard, touchdown. Third and six, end zone, touchdown, Allison again. Here he is, swinging out.
0: Howard will walk in for the touchdown. Graham, touchdown, Green Bay. Howard is in for the touchdown.
1: On second down,
0: in the air, and picked off by Bradham.
1: Yeah. Philadelphia will take over. Yeah, unfortunately, that was the end of the game there for the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. Eagles defensive back Nigel Bradham, uh, linebacker, rather, Nigel Bradham, picked off uh, a tipped pass. That's tried right, a tipped pass in the end zone. Just about 20 seconds left. You might not also have known that, or I had noticed there that uh, the name uh, Jordan Howard kept coming up there and the word touchdown. That's because the former Chicago Baird had not one, not two, but three touchdowns last night, two running, one in the air as the Philadelphia Eagles take care of business on the road. Lambeau Field, prime time taken down. The Green Bay Packers now 34 to 27 is what the final was Uh, that uh, that Jordan Howard, by the way, uh, gashed uh, the uh, the Green Bay Packers defense there for 87 yards on the ground. Two touchdowns on 15 carries. Uh, Actually, uh, Sanders and Jordan Howard combined uh, to really make it a long night. The running. The uh, the defense for the Green Bay Packers when it comes to the run, we told you this yesterday, is not good, guys. One of the worst. Uh, for Philadelphia, their defense, great against the run, not great against the pass. We saw that last night, too, as Aaron Rodgers threw for 422 yards. Lit him up. Devontae Freeman, uh, Devontae Adams, rather. Uh, 180 yards on 10 catches. and uh, and But you know what? That wasn't good enough because at the end, when it was all said and done, They didn't run the ball very well, but they scored pretty well. But when the defenses need to come up and make a stop, certainly Green Bay had their opportunities in this game, including in the fourth quarter. Not one, not two, not three, four downs inside the red zone, inside the five-yard line, in fact. An opportunity with an Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers-led offense could not get the job done. They could not get the ball in from the end zone. Three of seven in the red zone. Uh, that was their scoring opportunities last night. Could not get it done. Turned it over on four downs, guys, inside the five-yard line. What, about nine minutes ago in the fourth quarter? And that proved to be huge because by the time he was able to get the ball back and drove down once again to the red zone, with about 20 seconds left, never once trying to run the ball, the Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFleur in that offense, not sure if it was Matt LaFleur, if it was Aaron Rodgers calling these plays, but not once did they try to run the ball in the red zone and mix anything up, kept trying to pass, and ultimately the final pass from Aaron Rodgers last night resulted in a pick. On second down, in the air, and picked off by Bradham. Philadelphia will take over. Yeah, and that was really uh, that was really the problem. And Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game.
2: I mean, it, it, it is frustrating to not be able to run it uh, more effectively against a six-man box and and two high safeties. But the way they were playing, there was a lot of you know a lot of holes to dink and dunk. Yeah, and that was
1: really the problem: the lack of a running game for the Green Bay Packers, not being able to run caused a lot of problems last night, especially inside that red zone where it just, the field shrinks. It becomes a lot harder to start completing passes when the field shrinks. And that was the big issue for the Green Bay Packers last night. So how did you do? Numbers-wise, we'll break it down. Closing line will get you all caught up also with last night's college game, Navy-Memphis. We'll do that next here on The Morning Live.
0: free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details.
3: I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. my weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me if it works for you, then do it. But A lot of people say to me, how did
1: you lose the weight? I said,
3: I take Andro 400 every day. So I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435, andro400.com.
1: All right, it is Friday. Welcome back in here. Get on the grid, sports grid. Com. It is the morning line. I'm Joe Raneri. Thank you very much for stopping by as we get you caught up with what happened last night in the world of sports. We told you, of course, the Green Bay Packers fall to the Philadelphia Eagles. A much-needed Philadelphia Eagles win, which puts them now at 2-2 two two, while the Packers fall 2-3-1. Exciting game. It's, uh, it was exactly what we had hoped for on, on these standalone Thursday night games monday night games sunday night games just give us something to uh something to be excited about stop giving us the browns and the jets and those types of things or the jags and titans these two teams last night battling uh we all know about the injuries to the philadelphia eagles although they got alshon jeffrey back still missing uh ronald darby in the secondary there they're a little bit exposed there in the passing game and roger's 34 of 53 for 422. Started the game 10 of 10 last night, guys. Aaron Rodgers was just on fire. And the best part about the Philadelphia Eagles and why it is they ended up winning this game is they were able to survive that first half onslaught by uh, Rodgers and company at home. Aaron Rodgers uh, does not, folks, under any circumstances, generally lose 10-point leads at halftime uh, in second halves, a game at home, it's not something we have seen before. But there was a stretch there where the uh, where the Eagles right before halftime and right after halftime, four straight possessions, they marched down the field and scored touchdowns. And that was really the difference: was the red zone opportunities taken advantage of by the Philadelphia Eagles, not taken advantage of by Aaron Rodgers and the offense of the Green Bay Packers. And both of these teams had their weaknesses. Both of them were exploited. And we told you here yesterday, good chance that Philadelphia and uh, Sanders and Howard, they are going to have big days on the ground that Philadelphia, in order to be able to win this game, was going to have to run the ball. And that was the bottom line. If you can't run the ball, everybody runs on the Green Bay Packers defense. For all of the hype around the defense of the Green Bay Packers, They had gotten gashed by not only Denver, they got got gashed by the Minnesota Vikings, and now they got gashed by the Philadelphia Eagles. Over 160 yards on the ground between the running backs there of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Howard scores three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air, because Carson Wentz was not going to go toe-to-toe with no Deshaun Jackson and a a whole – uh, a whole whole bunch of wide receivers that that drop passes left and right on the Philadelphia Eagles. He was going to need the he was going to need some help on the ground, and he got it last night. I mean, all in all, Carson Wentz, 16 of 27 for a buck 60. He had three scores, no turnovers, and oh yeah, he wasn't sacked, which was also really really big. Welcome back, Jason Peters, to the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Great job there. Uh, And a great rebound for the Philadelphia Eagles, who now have rebounded after losing back-to-back games by a combined seven points. They lost last week to Detroit. Uh, It was, uh, yeah, and, and it was a rough loss, too. And they've fallen behind now in all of their games. Keep that, keep an eye on this as the season progresses here. And we had told you yesterday, too, we were very confident that experience coaching was going to play a role in this game and once again we watched doug peterson and the coaching staff of the philadelphia eagles out coach matt lafleur first year head coach thursday night game first thursday night game uh and aaron Rodgers. there was no excuse second half was a different half and it continues to be different half second half of games for the philadelphia eagles That coaching staff, uh, Doug Peterson and company, do an amazing job of making in-game adjustments, coming out in the second half and dominating second halves and doing what they needed to do. And they did that last night again. Matt LaFleur and company, not exactly exactly great in the second half, had their opportunities, no excuses, but they could not run the ball. And the play calling was a bit suspect, especially there in the fourth quarter where you had – Multiple opportunities uh, being inside the five yard line red zone and not being able to score with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Not one running play. Everything was just uh, it was very, very strange at the end. Very unlike what we in the past with Mike McCarthy and company have uh, were used to seeing in Green Bay. Didn't get that. It was uh, it was hurry up and pass, pass, pass. And listen. You know, a guy threw for 422 yards, 34 of 53, like you, like he heard, uh, like you heard him say there in the post-game press conference. They gave us a lot of the dink and dunk stuff, so they took advantage of it. But when the field shrinks, like it did in the red zone uh, in that game, and you only go three of seven, yeah, all of a sudden that defense didn't give you the dink and dunk. But not one, not one running play called. Inside that five-yard line, four plays, four chances to bang it in. And they didn't once try to call Aaron Jones's number to be able to get in the end zone. So, uh, great win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Green Bay, you weren't going to win every game. But uh, to lose at home on a primetime situation was a, uh, was a bit interesting, to say the least. Now, closing line in this game last night. It opened up. At, uh, at around four and a half during the week. And we watched that bounce up to as high as five and a half. We saw that come back down during the week to around four. It was bouncing back and forth yesterday between four and a half and four. Green Bay being the favorite. I can tell you the public loved Green Bay last night. Hammering Green Bay last night. But, uh, you know, we, we kept telling you, uh, yeah, I'm not sure here about uh, this uh, Aaron Rodgers-led uh, team here. Not sure about their offense. I think the defense was a little bit overvalued, a little overhyped. They've done a good job. But if you're going to truly be a great defense, especially in the NFC North, you better be able to stop the run. And Green Bay can't stop the run. That's a big problem for them. So, and that's ultimately what did them in last night. As uh, as that perfect mixture of the run setting up the pass for Carson Wentz, it worked great and allowed them to be able to win that game. But it dropped all the way down to three and a half just before close. You had a closing line of uh, minus three and a half for Green Bay. And you had a plus 170 opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we've told you many, many, many a times that in point spreads, especially in that uh, under seven category, don't often mean a whole heck of a lot. So if you're going to back an underdog, back them, take them on the money line. And absolutely, that's exactly what cash last night. Plus 170 on the money line. The over in that game, 46 and a half points. Definitely uh, went over, in fact, with about nine minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter, the over uh, hit last night for the Eagles. So congratulations. Uh, The start to the week four NFL season underway. And now the Eagles get to kick back and watch uh, Danny Dimes and company take on Washington, Dallas uh, take on the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. What is it going to be? What is going to happen to the NFC East. It'll be interesting now that uh, now that Philadelphia has gotten back on track. They'll have a little extra time to kind of heal up, get some of their guys back. Uh, so they're sitting pretty right now at two and two in that NFC East division. Now we had some baseball yesterday too. Some very interesting games. We told you breaking down that you had a situation where the Cleveland Indians. Uh, could ill afford yet another loss like they had uh, against the Chicago White Sox the day before? Uh, they are sitting there looking up at the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's. Now Oakland on the road last night taking on King Felix and the Seattle Mariners in need of a win as they were only sitting a half a game better than the Tampa Bay Rays for that number one wild card spot and a home game, so they needed to win. Also, Cleveland, you got to win games. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You got to win games in order to be able to keep yourself in contention because of the way it sets up. Cleveland is going to be in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, taking on the Nationals, who want to continue to win. So how did Cleveland do last night? How did the A's do? We'll break it down for you. We'll give you the numbers. We'll take a look ahead. That's coming up. The morning line on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Fantasy football friends.
3: I have to choose between Singletary Gore. I could start Ronald Jones. I might just go Rojo, though. Uh, man, you have, some, you, you have some issues here. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, so you have some issues here. Yeah, I might just go with the upside Singletary play. I don't know how much upside there is with the limitations, though. That's the problem, man. These are these times I, I, I write all the names on a piece of paper, crumble them up, and let my daughter pick it out of a hat. <laughs>
0: watch live weekdays 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Zumo TV channel 719
1: So, it might be time for you to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account where listeners of this show, you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Now, here is how it works. Very simple. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, then place your first bet. DraftKings matches it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. Now, this offer is eligible to all users plus new users. You'll get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Just head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And welcome in here to the morning line on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Raneri. Thanks for stopping by as we get you caught up here. Everything that happened in the world of sports uh, last night, Thursday night football. Congratulations to the Eagles. They take care of business as Green Bay just could not punch the ball in from the red zone. Three of seven from the red zone. And that ultimately proved to be what the downfall of them were last night. Three and one is what the Green Bay Packers are now. As the Eagles move to two and two, now they get a little extra time off to go ahead and Relax a little bit, get a little healthier as the next game up, the New York Jets, who are continuing to say they will have Sam Darnold back for that game. So we'll see what happens in Major League Baseball. Still a lot to be determined for a bunch of teams and Cleveland, uh, the Indians needing to win to keep pace. The Oakland A's needing to win to keep pace. The Milwaukee Brewers, if they're going to take down the Central, needed to win to keep pace. The Nationals, the list goes on. And all in all, yesterday, we had a 6-3. and 6-3 and three day. Favorites won six, lost three games there. But you had some monster upsets there, guys, including the Chicago White Sox for a second day taken down the Cleveland Indians, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is about all she wrote for Cleveland at this point. They have uh, very little chance. Uh, it's it's pretty much over now after losing uh, two games to the White Sox, very little chance of them being able to catch either Tampa Bay or Oakland at this particular point, especially seeing how the Indians now will go to the weekend and have to play the Washington Nationals who will continue to battle because they want home field advantage in the wild card game over the Milwaukee Brewers or the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, And the reason that is, is because Milwaukee will not stop losing. I don't know what there is else to say about this team other than they are an absolute machine. They moved now to 13 and two since Christian Yalik actually went down and fractured his kneecap. That was, uh, that was a, I don't know, 15 games ago. They are, they have won 13 out of the last 15 since that happened. They have now won 18 out of their last 20 and they continue to truck the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. They are now just one game back of the Cardinals in the national league central with three to play. And uh, in this one, Chase Anderson yesterday was unbelievable. Like he has been over the last month, the starting pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers has really elevated the bullpen we knew was good and they've gotten better as the season goes on. But the starting pitching was always the big question for the Milwaukee Brewers. Not a big question anymore. It's the reason why they are in the position they are in. They had uh, Josh Hader came in, recorded the save again, uh, like he has done uh, over the last couple of years. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous that they, Will not lose. They refuse to lose at this particular point in the season. And now, three-game sweep of Cincinnati gives them a record of 20-4 and for the month of September. It also gives them now a three-game series to finish the year at Colorado. And the Cardinals, well, they were off yesterday, but they've got their final series against the Cubs. So by virtue of its lead, uh, the Cardinals remain the favorite here in order to be able to take down the National League Central. Uh, But this is, uh, man, if anything can happen going into tonight and throughout the weekend, which is great for Major League Baseball, uh, the Brewers, they're going to have to take care of business, not worry about what the Cardinals are doing. They're going to have to worry about themselves. Can they continue to win games at this clip? Going into a place that Colorado, not great on the road, but Colorado has been good at home and uh, in Coors Field with that air, it should be it should make for some very interesting baseball games here tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. The interesting part about the Cardinals is that they are going to be taking on a Cubs team in which Joe Madden might not be the manager much longer. Uh, there are plenty of rumors. Uh, and continue to get louder and louder and louder that the Cubs will just be moving on from Joe Madden as they have missed the playoffs for the first time since 2014. And Joe Madden doesn't really care what anybody thinks because Joe Madden is rolling out lineups here and is already admitted that he will be rolling out lineups that are not, uh, shall we say, uh, Major League Baseball ready. Uh, he is going to be throwing out backup after backup. He is resting his starters and he does not care. He said what the Cardinals say. He does not care. Um, what, uh, what the Brewers rather say, he said, the Brewers are probably going to be pissed off at me, but I don't care. He's going to be playing a lot of guys that have been calling up a lot of guys that did not get a lot of at bats pitchers who did not pitch all year. We're not talking top end rotation guys. It's He's sending out the B team, uh, Madden, to go up against the Cardinals, who they need to win games. And the Brewers, well, they need the Cardinals to lose a couple of games there in order to be able to take the division. But that doesn't look like it's going to happen. But you got to play the game. Anything can happen in baseball, which is the beauty of it. But it is a definitely a series, all of these series, for the final three games of the season, guys. What more can you ask for that you've got high drama getting ready to go in, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And so not only did the Brewers win yesterday, right? The Cardinals were off. But in the American League, you've got the Oakland A's that have to keep winning games. Tampa Bay was off, but Oakland found themselves going up against King Felix last night. And in what in all likelihood is going to be the last King Felix starts for the Seattle Mariners. Unbelievable career uh, for King Felix, uh, part of an organization there that unfortunately just could not put it together and build a winning team around him, uh, having that guy as an ace there. It was his final appearance uh, last night. The fans went all out for him. It was a really cool scene. But how did it work when it was all said and done? Well, didn't work because the Oakland A's ended up winning that game 3-1 so now they maintain their lead by a full game in the wild card. They got the number one spot, so they want to host a home game for that wild card play and in all likelihood now against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are getting ready to take on the Toronto Blue Jays tonight to finish out the season. So Oakland, is, uh, Oakland finishes King Felix, but there was a game yesterday that has caused a little controversy. And usually baseball is a very team-oriented sport, right? It's There's no I in team. That's a big saying that you got around Major League Baseball. Well, you had the Texas Rangers at home taking on the Boston Red Sox. Both of these teams have been eliminated. There's no chance of any of them, uh, either of them, making a playoff push. So Mike Miner, number one pitcher there for the Texas Rangers took the mound yesterday against the Red Sox. And Mike Minor has been trying to, and they've been rolling him out because he wants to get to 200 strikeouts. It's a milestone for him. He wanted to get to that 200 strikeout mark on the season. And this, in all likelihood, is going to be the last start for Mike Minor this year. So, what happens? Well, Mike Minor gets to the ninth inning, and he is a strikeout away from reaching that mark for the first time in his career. The Red Sox, they've got Chris Owings. They got Chris Owings up at the plate. Now, Chris Owings, he takes a one-two pitch and pops it up. Well, better off you just listen to it here. 1-1, and this one
2: pops in the air. First baseline, let lets it drop, and it looked like that might have been on instruction. Oh, boy. One and two the count. Now, that that is dangerous, I think, when you get to this point. All right, the one-two. that is number 200. Miner gets to 200 strikeouts in the ninth inning.
1: Yeah, you heard it. Ronald Guzman uh, was under the pop-up and let it drop. Yes, let it drop. In order to be able to give Mike Miner the chance to go ahead and get that 200th strikeout. And of course, you just heard there, the minus struck him out on the next pitch. It was his ninth strikeout of the game. It was his 200th strikeout of the season. The players, everybody was screaming for Guzman to let it drop because they wanted to give him a chance to be able to get that 200th strikeout. And yeah, they did. It was the 126th pitch. Of the uh, of the game for Mike Miner, they kept him in purposely to try and get that number. Now they ended up winning the game seven five. It wasn't like he was throwing a two hitter. He threw one hundred twenty six pitches, but they kept him in the game to get that final strikeout. They kept him in the entire game, not going to the bullpen to give him that chance. That's how much it apparently meant to him in order to be able to get that two on the strikeout. And the team they obliged. But you still got to go ahead and deliver. Well, he delivered. He struck him out his 200th of the season. And boy, Alex Cora was pissed off for the Boston Red Sox. Not happy. And again, baseball is a fantastic sport of living in the rearview mirror. This is not how we do things. We have unwritten rules. You don't generally let pop-ups fall to the ground to get personal milestones done on the field. But that's what the Rangers did, and it worked out for them. Not happy, Alex Cora, but be more upset with the season that you had here. All right, we'll take a look at the games coming up tonight. College football, Major League Baseball. We'll look at the lines. It is the morning line. night in uh, college football here tonight exciting stuff here four really really good games beginning at seven o'clock Duke Virginia Tech then you've got uh, Big Ten matchup Penn State and Maryland San Jose State Mount West taking on Air Force and then the Pac-12 finale here tonight little late night football on a Friday night Arizona State taking on Cal the Cal Bears the 4-0 the 15th ranked Cal Bears in the country uh, tonight so great slate of games Friday night in uh, in college football we'll give you the latest numbers on those coming up but uh, do want to uh, talk about the game last night that was pretty important uh, to uh, to Memphis uh, who was uh, taken on Navy that was another college game last night we talked a lot about during the week As Memphis was a eleven point favorite in this game. That's what it closed at. And they were taking on Navy and listen, two two teams that were undefeated going into this game, two teams that were coming off a bye week, and two teams that have also were undefeated against the spread. Doing, you know, this was going to be a matchup, a much better and more improved Navy defense taking on a much better and improved. Memphis defense. So this was an exciting game last night. The total kept creeping down in this game throughout the week as well. And the reason being is keep that in mind, especially tonight when Air Force takes on San Jose State. The hardest part about handicapping the service academies is they run the triple option. And when they run, 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 and run, well, it limits the amount of possessions another team can have. And it also chews up a lot of clock. So that's why unders are generally profitable when it comes to the service academies. Because the other team, there's nothing high offense, high octane about the uh, the navies and the air forces and the army. So it usually comes down to defensive battles, struggles. Unders are usually where people look. But last night, the Memphis uh, team uh, at home trying to revenge last year's loss, they did just that. But it wasn't easy. They were down twenty to seven in the first half of this game as Navy just exploded on them, and Memphis had a hard time uh, stopping them in in any way, shape, or form in the first half. There, twenty to seven, they were down at one point in the first half, and they came all the way back to win this game, thirty-five to twenty-three, covering. The 11-point spread that they had there—I believe that was the closing line too—was uh, was minus 11. It was 10 and a half at some points. It, it got up to 12. It was bouncing back and forth. But yes, um, they actually Navy won the total yardage, which is very interesting—373 yards to 301. Um, they also had a ridiculous edge, like we said they would—a ridiculous edge in in uh, offensive plays run. Uh, Navy ran 79 plays compared to 43 for Memphis. That's the problem. But Memphis made those 43 possessions count. They averaged over seven yards a play when they had the ball versus the four yards per play that Navy had when they had possession of the ball. Turnovers also, Memphis won two to one. They had a special teams touchdown, a kickoff return for a TD. Navy. Three of five on fourth downs. They went for it uh, fourth down a couple of times and they missed it twice. That's right, uh, which means two additional turnovers uh, for the Navy team. They are giving Memphis great field position. Uh, both teams ended up missing a field goal, but Memphis now four and zero straight up, guys. Any which way you cut it, Memphis is four and zero. The uh, the Navy team now two and one. Uh, but a great game. The under, the, I'm sorry, the over hit in this game last night because of, let's face it, the special teams, uh, the special teams touchdowns, the turnover aspect of it. It was going to be close to the under, uh, but it fell a little bit short. 58 was the total in the game. The total uh, had been bet down from 56 and a half to 53. That was your closing line total in that game, and that ended up covering. So the over. And Memphis cover the Philadelphia Eagles win outright as they were getting uh, three and a half points as a closing line. And the over in the Thursday night game, also in the NFL, ended up flying over with about nine minutes left in the third quarter. So those of you that opted for a six or seven point teaser last night, uh, if you added it to the fact, uh, if you added it to uh, the Navy Number, Then you were somewhere around 17, 17 and a half points. You covered that. If you uh, if you jumped it all the way up to 60 for the total in the Navy Memphis game, you ended up covering that as well. And vice versa. Those of you that opted to uh, to add those six or seven point teasers to the Philadelphia Eagles score. Than uh, on what they were getting, and you got nine and a half or ten points. Congratulations! And the same situation for the total. If you added it to the total, you got yourself an opportunity there to cash a couple of tickets last night. So as we take a look tonight now on the uh, on the board, we've got ourselves some Friday night football games, and I told you guys these are some great games. But I do think it is an important time also to remind us a good gambling you right now about these Friday night games. And listen, they are going to be the focus tonight of everybody's attention, especially those of us that bet football on a regular basis. But it's a good time to remember that just because we have games on tonight, just because there are four games and good games, good matchups, ACC, you know, Big Ten. We got great conference matchups here tonight. But that does not mean you have to bet every game. And it doesn't mean that you've got to bet these games tonight. Uh, Keep in mind, we've got over 50 college games tomorrow. We've got 13 NFL games on Sunday. Mix in a little Major League Baseball. Guys, there is plenty of opportunities this weekend for you to cash in. What you don't need to do... Is play every damn day, every damn game, simply because these games are going to be on. There are countless, countless opportunities this weekend to maximize your profits. And this is the big difference between professional betters and the casual better or the novice. See, the professional better will look at a card like tonight and go, there is no real. There is no real discrepancy in any of these games on the card tonight, meaning the public isn't so far on one side that there's a contrarian opportunity for the professional better to fade the public. The tickets are pretty much split evenly across all of these games, which means the games and the numbers, the lines, they're all very, very close. There's no real edge to be had here in these games tonight. But... The recreational better, the uh, the novice will bet these games simply because they're on, because it makes the game more interesting, because we got paid tonight, and uh, you know, let's go ahead, let's throw a little action and make it Yeah, no, like like the professional better is not betting a game just to bet a game because it's on and there's nothing else to do. A professional better will only bet a game if there is an edge to be had. And if there is no edge to be had then they won't be betting the game. And that's why it's important, guys, to remember you got plenty of ways from here until the end of the year. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to be able to make plays, profit, cash tickets. Just don't bet games to bet games, okay? These games tonight are all going to be very close and very sharp, and they are right now even in ticket counts. There are no obvious contrarian plays. There are no obvious fade the public because they're so over on one side that uh, that pro bettors are going to come in and go the other way. Be disciplined, especially this time of year. I can't stress that enough, okay? There's no reason for you to be betting games simply because they are on, all right? 50 college games tomorrow, 13 NFL games on Sunday. I can assure you if you look hard enough, Okay, you will be able to find a couple of games. They are on the board this weekend that give you a great opportunity, a great edge to take advantage of. Don't be that guy. Don't make the rookie mistake of just, well, the game's on. I'm up, I might as well throw a few bucks on it. Mm, Yeah, that's not a profitable strategy as a uh, as a better. And if you're betting and you're not betting to make money. I don't know what you're doing, Uh, doesn't really make any sense to take your hard-earned money, put it down, and not care whether or not you're going to win or lose. So you want to win, but you want to make smart, just like any market, any investment opportunity you have, you want to be able to give yourself the best chance of winning. The way you do that in sports betting is by, yeah, finding the edges, not just because a game is on. But you do have four great games tonight. You've got Duke taking on Virginia Tech, uh, and this one, and this is going to be a great, great ACC matchup here. Both of these teams enter tonight similar track records with the two and one. Duke and Virginia Tech both lost their season opening games. They have rebounded both of them with two straight wins. Blacksburg, not an easy place to play, guys. In Virginia, not an easy place to play in Virginia Tech. Uh, Duke looks like the more complete team, upperclassman quarterback. Uh, they've got, you know, somebody that's been there, a, uh, a 50-year senior. Uh, I like the way Duke looks. They're getting three points, but I think it's getting uh, the juice uh, squeezed out of it here, guys. So at some point, that's probably going to move back down to two and a half. But right now, Duke, three points. That's kind of the way that I would look at it right now. I think Duke is the better team, the more complete team. And I do think that they uh they won't be overwhelmed by going to Blacksburg on a Friday night and playing this game. I do like Duke in it. Penn State and Maryland. This is also another monster game here tonight. Big Ten showdown. It's actually the first conference game for both of these teams. Penn State 3-0, 2-1 against the number, taken on, and they've outscored their opponents, Penn State, guys. 141 to 30. So they have been on fire. And Maryland they started out like everybody, you know, uh Sussman in the pit there I'm sure was screaming and yelling as they were uh opened up the season 2 and 0 outscoring their opponents 142 to 20. My word. And then yeah, and then the letdown. They uh they lost straight up to Temple as a five-point favorite. Uh they are both coming off a of bye these two teams. So they'll be ready. This game is in Maryland. And Maryland is a home dog, guys. They're getting six and a half. I'm not sure if this game will get to seven, but they are getting six and a half. And I do think Maryland is definitely worth a look-see. San Jose State, Mount West taking on Air Force here tonight. This number is around 20, that being Air Force, a plus 20-point favorite, 19 and a half in some places. Uh, These two teams... Air Force at home, altitude, Colorado Springs, taking on a San Jose State team that just upended Arkansas. That's right. They went on the road to Arkansas, beat them in Arkansas's building. Uh, just unbelievable. 31-24, 30, uh, to 24, they straight up. They were a 20-point underdog in that one. It's one of the biggest upsets of the year so far. That's what San Jose State did last week. Air Force lost. To Boise State in a really hard fourth game in Boise there, 30-19. to They also didn't cover. They were getting 7.5 points. Now they're on the road. Now they're home, taking on a San Jose State team that's got let down written all over it. It's a lot of points for a service academy who likes to hold on to the ball and run the ball a lot. half, 20 and actually a majority of the uh, of the bets right now, a slight majority, are leaning with laying the points and Air Force tonight to take care of business. And then finally, the late game here tonight, Pac-12, guys. Arizona State, three and one, taking on Cal, the Cal Bears, who are now four and 0 they're the 15th ranked team in the country. Herm Edwards taking that defense on the road to try and stop a Cal team who was on the road in Mississippi, took care of business last weekend. A lot of people think there's going to be a defensive battle, and they're probably right. The uh, the over-under right around 42 might be worth taking a look at that under here. We'll have more on these games coming up here as we look to make it rain. But whatever you play, make it a profitable night, guys. We'll be back Monday breaking it all down. Make it rain is next here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com.
0: the Astros or Yankees I would fear a hot Oakland team or a hot Tampa team more
1: than a Twins team that had it all wrapped up give Houston okay congratulations good luck beating those two teams there I mean Oakland's already smacked you here over the last month and Tampa Bay is afraid of absolutely nobody you enjoyed that whirlwind hurricane that's coming your way
0: weekday 7 to 9 a.m eastern on FNTSY radio and on Sumo TV channel 719 I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go!
1: When the field shrinks like it did in the red zone uh, in that game and you only go three of seven, yeah, all of a sudden that defense didn't give you the dink and dunk, but not one, not one running play called inside that five-yard line. Four plays, four chances to bang it in, and they didn't once try to call Aaron Jones's number to be able to get in the end zone. So, uh Great win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Green Bay, you weren't going to win every game, but uh, to lose at home on a primetime situation was a uh, was a bit interesting, to say the least. Now, closing line in this game last night, it opened up at, uh, at around 4.5 during the week, and we watched that bounce up to as high as 5.5. We saw that come back down during the week to around 4. It was bouncing back and forth yesterday between four and a half and four Green Bay being the favorite. I can tell you the public loved Green Bay last night, hammering Green Bay last night, but, uh, you know, we, we kept telling you, uh, yeah, I'm not sure here about, uh, this, uh, Aaron rodgers led, uh, team here. Not sure about their offense. I think the defense was a little bit overvalued, a little overhyped. They've done a good job, but, if you're going to truly be a great defense, especially in the NFC North, you better be able to stop the run. And Green Bay can't stop the run. That's a big problem for them. So, and that's ultimately what did them in last night. As uh, as that perfect mixture of the run setting up the pass for Carson Wentz, it worked great and allowed them to be able to win that game. But it dropped all the way down to three and a half just before close. You had a closing line of uh, minus three and a half for Green Bay. And you had a plus 170 opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we've told you many, many, many a times that in point spreads, especially in that uh, under seven category, don't often mean a whole heck of a lot. So if you're going to back an underdog, back them, take them on the money line. And absolutely, that's exactly what cash last night. Plus 170 on the money line. The over in that game, 46 and a half points. Definitely uh, went over, in fact, with about nine minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter, the over uh, hit last night for the Eagles. So congratulations. Uh, the start to the week four NFL season underway. And now the Eagles get to kick back and watch uh, Danny Dimes and company take on Washington, Dallas, uh, take on the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. What is it going to be? What is going to happen to the NFC East. It'll be interesting now that uh, now that Philadelphia has gotten back on track. They'll have a little extra time to kind of heal up, get some of their guys back. Uh, so they're sitting pretty right now at two and two in that NFC East division.